Well, let's turn back to that portion of scripture that we read together from Psalms and Psalm 63. Psalm 63. So it's quite a difficult thing at this time of the year because uh, we usually preach a motto text on the first Sunday of the new year and a motto text and a text which takes us over from one year to the next uh, can be very very similar and so uh, prepared to preach tonight and I was just saying to Daniel before this service uh, this could easily be a motto text because it's a tremendous word from the Lord and it is found there in verse 7 because thou hast been my help therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice we have a verse of scripture which is looking back to the past because thou hast been my help and a scripture which looks all on to the future therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice and that of course is a tremendous uh, importance to us as we come to the end of one year and on to the beginning of another of course not everybody uh, begins to uh, celebrate a new year on this date we do in this country and other countries the new year starts at another point but we know this for sure that every time there is a new year whenever it may start for any particular people we know that it goes on from one year to another and so often when we come to such a time as this we look back over the last year and we say goodbye to it and we kind of turn a page and think to ourselves well now we can have a new start there are many who make new year's resolutions uh, many, uh, many, uh, perhaps all of them, uh, uh, break them after a short time. Uh, but it is a good thing for us to consider what it is in our lives that needs to change. And we can make resolutions or not make resolutions, but nevertheless it is a time of contemplation to consider what our past has been, what our future will be. It is a time, even though the seconds tick by at exactly the same speed as any other time of the year, it is a time when we ourselves pause and reflect. So in this psalm, it is a psalm of David, and we read there that it is a psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah, in verse, uh, in the, uh, as the heading of the psalm. When this was, there is a difference of opinion. Some think that it was in the time when Saul was chasing after him. Uh, I don't think it was. I think that perhaps uh, it was a time when it was Absalom who was the problem. Uh, because he speaks there in verse 11 of saying, but the king shall rejoice in God. The king shall rejoice in God. And so I think that perhaps he is referring to himself in the third person and saying that the king shall rejoice in God. But that's not the only reason I think that this is a time when Absalom is after him and he's in the wilderness of Judah. Because in verse 2, the second part of that verse, it says, So as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Of course, there was, the sanctuary was not uh, really uh, uh, set up in the times of David as he was being chased by Saul. It was David who brought the sanctuary up into Jerusalem. And I think that perhaps uh, it was at the time when that had already uh, begun. Of course, it was the tent in David's day. It was Solomon who built the temple. Uh, but he was the one who brought the tabernacle up to Jerusalem. And uh, perhaps that is what he refers to here. So what I want to think about here is uh, that past and that future and uh, of his determinations also under these headings. First of all, David's experience. Secondly, David's expectation. 
And thirdly, David's endeavour. We, of course, liken ourselves or put ourselves in his place to examine our own hearts and see what our ideas are concerning our own lives if we were to write a psalm such as this. So first of all, David's experience. David's experience comes to us, first of all, as a perception. Uh, We see there in that second verse, which you just mentioned, to see thy power and thy glory so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. And the reason I use the word perception is because this is not seeing an action of God, but this is the contemplation of God. This is spending time in the presence of the Lord and uh, glorifying him in all of his actions throughout the history of Israel uh, in his own attributes and who he actually is. And that's a very important thing. I don't know how much time we actually spend or how much time you spend actually contemplating God himself. Not just the things that he has done, not just the prayers which perhaps he has answered or maybe even not answered to our satisfaction. But how much time do we actually spend thinking upon the Lord himself, who he is? It's a good thing to do so. It's a good thing to let our minds uh, rest upon those things which are revealed concerning the Lord, that we might praise him, that we might glorify him, that we might exalt him, and not just what he has done. That's something else than God himself. His actions are his actions, but God himself is uh, our Lord, our creator. So here is David's perception of the Lord, to see thy power and thy glory. Of course, David in many of the Psalms sees the power of God in creation, and he sees the glory of God also in creation. And we can do the same thing, perhaps even to a greater extent than David did. Uh, Because the things which are revealed to us in our day and age uh, are far deeper than David would have known. So in in our day and age, we hear about the genetics of of different uh, 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 organisms in this world. Uh, We can see the the tiniest things under microscopes. We can begin to understand the finer workings of things and uh, see just how wonderful they are, far more than David could have done. And David had an understanding of something of the ecology of the planet and even the working of the body, but not to the extent that we have it today. But we see the wonders and the particular attention to detail that the Lord has, that everything is is considered. That's a wonderful thing. And we should continually give glory to the Lord as we see him. His perception also continues there in Psalm, uh, in verse 6 rather, where it says, when I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. Remember thee upon my bed. The thoughts of God fill his mind. It was said of John Bunyan uh, that the pilgrim's progress really was uh, the outworking of the scripture which was worked in to John Bunyan. John Bunyan's thoughts were so filled with scripture that when he wrote uh, the pilgrim's progress uh, that the scripture just came flowing from him. I wonder how much the scripture lies in our minds. I wonder how much time we spend even upon our beds thinking upon the things of the Lord or even praying and seeking his face. David's experience of the Lord is a deep one. It's not just a matter of going to the sanctuary where he says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go up unto the house of the Lord. But it is an actual uh, fulfillment within his heart in the presence of the Lord. 
Do we, do you have that? Do you desire the Lord? Is it he your delight? And then, of course, in David's experience, there are his past deliverances. Here we come to the actualities of his life and where God has been with him. We see how that he was delivered from Goliath. Uh, Someone has said, well, uh, we often think about the picture of David and Goliath and David being the little one and Goliath being the big one. And this used, isn't it, as an illustration of uh, uh, people who don't have very much power in this world taking on corporations or whatever it may be. But in actual fact, David had uh, missile technology, uh, whereas Goliath only had a sword. And so David was actually uh, better armed than Goliath was. Well, that's true to a certain extent. But consider, if he had missed, how many steps would it have taken for Goliath to get him? Uh, Not very many, I would suggest. And certainly one thing about a sword is it is a very powerful instrument if it can get at you. Uh, So... David took five stones, but whether he could ever have loaded five stones before Goliath was upon him, I very much doubt. Uh, But, of course, the Lord guided him. And then, of course, the other thing is nerves. Imagine going up against such a person. Uh, David had fought fought against a bear and a lion, but a bear and a lion don't have the intelligence of a man. And a man, as we saw when we were considering 1 Samuel, uh, who was uh, master at his trade, and perhaps one of the best armed men in the whole of the country at that time, as we considered the armor and considered the weaponry which he held. But we know that David was delivered from Goliath and that he overcame him. And then, of course, there was the king who threw a javelin at him, not once but twice, and David escaped out of his hand. There was a time, of course, when he went down uh, to the king of the Philistines and uh, scrabbled upon the door when he realized that they recognized him and he could be in great trouble. But the Lord had the king send him away. So Akish sends him away. And so he escapes. The Lord was with him, delivered him. And of course, the times that we have looked at fairly recently, how that the armies of Saul sought after David in the wilderness and chased after him thousands of men, but they never caught him. And indeed, uh, on two occasions, David was in a position to actually slay Saul, but he didn't do so. David's experience is a spiritual experience. It's the experience of the presence of the Lord, the joy of the Lord, uh, the blessedness of, of being in the Lord's presence, but also in the actual deliverances which he had seen and could look back upon even as he would meditate upon his bed. It's a good thing for us this day to look back over this last year. Perhaps go through the months and consider what the Lord has done for us and how the Lord has delivered us and how the Lord has blessed us and do just as that songwriter has suggested. Count our many blessings and see what God hath done. So in this verse then, because thou hast been my help, David has this experience. He had been a help to his soul, a joy to him, a desire which he had deep within his heart after the Lord, and he had delivered him on so many occasions. The Lord had been with him even when he had done foolishly. And of course, going down to Achish was a foolish thing, but, David deliver, uh, but the Lord delivered him nevertheless. Secondly, here we see David's expectation. Uh, because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of the w- thy wings will I rejoice. In the shadow of thy wings. 
Well, first of all, David's expectation is a supply from the Lord, that the Lord would supply his need according to his riches in glory. Read the verse 5. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. He is expecting that the Lord would supply all of his needs. We have that expectation So often uh, we have a fear of what the future may bring, of how we will survive it and what will happen to us and what will become of us. David has this expectation because looking back over the past, he can say, but the Lord has always been with me. He has never forsaken me. He has delivered me when I have, in a sense, forsaken him. When I have considered in my heart the best thing for me is is to flee down to the Philistines Instead of the best thing for me is to dwell in the presence of the Lord. And yet the Lord went with me and delivered me anyway. And therefore I I expect that he will satisfy me in the time to come. And that the Lord is all that I have need of. And so he has this expectation of the supply from the Lord. But then he has an expectation of safety also. Again in that seventh verse. uh, Because... Thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. The the wings in the scripture are used of the Lord on a a, a few occasions. And I was just thinking about them. Uh, First of all, perhaps we might see how that that terminology is used in Ruth. We don't know who wrote Ruth. It could have been David, of course, as Ruth was his great-great-grandmother. He could easily have been the one who penned the, the book of Ruth. It is a, um, a, a kind of a, a poetry there uh, and goes through the story of, of his four father and mother. And so perhaps it was David who wrote it. But there in, in the book of Ruth, in chapter 2 and verse 12, we read these words. The Lord recompense thy work and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. David uses the terminology a few times in the Psalms. They had come to trust under the wings of the Lord. The Lord, what does the scripture speak about the wings as concerning the Lord? In Exodus chapter 19 and verse 4, we read, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians. This is the Lord speaking. And how I bear you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. Later on in Deuteronomy, he speaks about the wing, the, the eagle fluttering over her young and, and lifting them up and, and caring for them. Here he bears us on eagles' wings. And David is trusting in the Lord. His expectation is that God will be with him, that the Lord will bear him up. In fact, it is the psalmist who writes those words which are used of the, uh, by the devil, in fact, in, in the temptation of Christ, uh, saying that uh, to, to Jesus, if you cast yourself down, it is written, he will bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. And David is expected to be borne up. Do we have that expectation? Are we trusting in the Lord? Are we looking to the Lord to bear us up, to uphold us and to keep us uh, that we might not be overcome or overthrown. We saw there how that in Exodus the Lord said, I bear you on eagle's wings. I brought you unto myself and ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians. The Lord is able to deliver us. Are we trusting in him so to do? 
Then we see also the words of the Lord Jesus in Luke's Gospel in chapter 13, uh, where it says there, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings, and ye would not. And here, of course, David is speaking about being under the shadow of the wings. And again, here is our protection. That David is trusting in the Lord to be his protection, to cover him with his wings. And when we take that, of course, to the great uh, depths of the, of the salvation of the Lord, it's exactly what, God, what Christ did. He covered us, as it were, with his wings and was the propitiation for our sins. He took the wrath of God upon himself that we might be saved. And David is looking forward to these things, of course. Uh, although he prophesies of Christ, he has not seen Christ. He has not experienced uh, what Jesus did for him upon the cross of Calvary. And yet here he says, I will trust under his wings. The Lord says, I would have gathered thee. And perhaps if you're not the Lord's tonight, then the Lord says the same thing. How often would I have gathered thee? But he says, ye would not. Ye would not. How sad it is when the Lord offers so great a salvation to the world and they will not. You will not hear. You will not receive him. You will not come unto him that you might have life. And then we see also uh, that thought of the, the Lord being uh, under the wings of the cherubim. The Ark of the Covenant uh, was covered with the mercy seat. And on the mercy seat there were two cherubim, one each side, looking down upon the mercy seat, where the sacrifice or the sacrificial blood was sprinkled. And there, again, the Lord is spoken of by the psalmist as dwelling between the cherubim. And we see that great picture of of the blood which was shed for us the salvation of the lord david's expectation is deliverance he he expects the lord to deliver him why because the lord had always been with him because the lord had always blessed him because he delighted in the lord and he knew that the lord also delighted in him in the last verses here verses 9 to 11 But those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for foxes. But the king shall rejoice in God. Every one that sweareth by him shall glory. But the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. David recognizes that the Lord is against those who are against his people. And just as it said there in Exodus 19 and verse 4, uh, where it said, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bear you on, the, on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. And so it is that the Lord deals with those who are against his people. Finally then, here we see David's endeavor. David's endeavor. Therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. It speaks here of the rejoicing of the things uh, which he has in his heart. David's endeavor, first of all, to pursue after the Lord. My soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. Verse 8. My soul followeth hard after thee. Do we follow after the Lord? 
There are many, of course, who profess his name. There are many uh, in this country who will go to a church here or there. But it's not the church that's the important thing, is it? It is the Lord himself. It is important that we meet together, the scripture says, not to forsake our, the, the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is. But we are to meet together to glorify God. David's pursuit is to follow hard after the Lord, because it is the Lord's right hand that upholds him. Again, in verse 1, see these words of the psalmist, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Do we thirst after the Lord? This is a dry and thirsty land, this world in which we live. There are no thoughts of the Lord in this world. In fact, everything to turn us away from God is to be found here. Everything that might be substituted for God is given us in this world that we might accept it. In this day and age, we hear an awful lot about science. But science is not knowledge, as in fact science is, but science is a god. It has become a god. Science says this. Science tells us that. That's the type of uh, word that we have for us in these days. But science is not a substitute for God. People accept science instead of the word of God. But science, in actual fact, is just what men know or think they know. And so David's pursuit is after the Lord himself. In Psalm, in verse 3, we read there, Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Do we consider that to be the case that the loving kindness of the Lord is better than life. Life is the thing that men desire after. Remember what Satan said to God when he spoke about Job and how he said that skin for skin, all that a man hath will he give for his life. But David says, Thy loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise thee. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. My mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. Oh, that we might have such a joy in the Lord that whatsoever comes to pass in this world, though everything should be taken from us, yet that we might delight in the Lord and know that his loving kindness, just to know the Lord, just to be in his view, is better than life itself. And then David is, uh, has an endeavour after piety, after a holiness to walk with the Lord. It's interesting here that David has this perception of the Lord, of his power and his glory, that he his soul thirsts for him, his flesh longeth for him. It's interesting that all these things are to be seen. In 2 Corinthians 3.18 we read, But we all, with open face, Beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. We all, with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory. We want to be like the Lord. We need to look upon the Lord. We need to fill our minds 
with the Lord. We need to fill our hearts with the blessing of the Lord. And as we look upon him, so we also will be changed, that we shall be like him. The psalmist says in verse 4, Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. Well, the psalmist looks back then. And we also should do the same. Look after uh, our past lives. Look at the blessings which God has given. Look unto the Lord himself and who he is. Rejoice in him. And that we should press on forwards to know him more. To be filled with the joy of the Lord and the power of our God. That we might know the fullness of the presence of the Lord. That when that day we shall be transformed from this life into his presence for eternity.